Beautiful. Welcome back, people. Hope you're doing well. First one we're going to cover today, David, I thought we'd cover a thing about inflation and the different types of inflation that actually sort of exist if you think about it. So price inflation versus lifestyle inflation and how there is a difference. You have a, an aspect of control over how inflation infects your life just uh, just based on the different types of inflation there is. Obviously, price inflation is what you hear about a lot in the newspapers on and on TV where it comes to things like the cost of fuel or cost of groceries going up, the cost of electricity, things like that are sort of price inflations. But lifestyle inflation is the one that is actually controllable, that you can actually specifically affect by how you live your life and choose to go through the world. So lifestyle inflation is things that are optional spends that might increase or decrease based on your choices. That's that's things like going out for restaurants, for food, going out to get a coffee, how often or um, how expensive the next car you buy is, the next phone you buy, the next TV, the next computer or the next PlayStation uh, when the existing one might be fine. And obviously when things like with price inflation, that's things like rent and groceries and the cost of those things. So Uh even with the things that are price inflationary, things like rent, things like groceries, you can actually affect yourself too. You've just got to figure out ways to sort of, you know, roll with the Benjamins, I guess, and uh, get through it. You might want to, because obviously like we got a big, the the cost of living thing seems to be the the flavor of the month with in the media cycle. If your rent's super high, maybe you can look in, if you've got an option to, you can look to to sharing with someone else in your place or having renting out extra rooms or having more people on a lease so your rent is cheaper yeah. to handle in a share house. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can buy things in bulk to be smarter about what you buy at the grocery store. The biggest one I'm seeing talking to friends of mine is they're complaining about the cost of living issues at the same time. They're going out for Uber Eats. They're getting Uber Eats three times a week or they're going out on the piss every weekend at the pub. Yeah. If you're doing those things, like it just doesn't really make sense that you're complaining about the cost of living when you're doing stuff that is only affecting your wallet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just putting money into the hands of other people when you need it more than others at the moment. So just, I guess, um, mm-hmm. something to think about. But I wondered your thoughts on that one. A few reasons why inflation's up. One is, you know, wages are up. So when wages go up, prices go up because employers pass on the cost of the higher rate wages. And prices are up also because there's more demand. And when there's more demand, people can put price up. Like I used to, I think your example of, you know, coffee, six bucks. A year and a half ago, it was four fifty for my coffee in the morning, now it's six bucks. So, you know, it's gone up 33%, which is, um, you know, quite a fair whack. Petrol... Petrol's expensive mainly because of you know what's happening with the um you know, we're we're a we're a price taker when it comes to fuel because we don't have our own stocks you know we um we used to bastrate oil rigs and we used to have refineries here but for some reason now we don't um, we import everything so we're at the whim of uh, overseas suppliers so um, and yeah rents are out of control because of lack of housing supply and more people in the country and, and household size going down. And this was this stuff was all predicted by the property experts, but, um, you yeah, know, the numbnuts in government didn't listen. So 
Um, yeah, I remember we caught last week Shane Oliver from um, AMP Capital. He's their chief economist was saying if you want to control inflation, um, stop letting so many migrants into the country because you know, we're, we're actually probably spending less per head on things, but as a a group, you know, Australian population spending is up because there's more people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the old, I think Alan Cole, I've got who does a finance report on the ABC, he says the best cure for inflation is high prices because eventually people have to stop buying because they can't afford it. So, yeah, there's a bit more to go. Um, we're going to see tomorrow if the RBA puts up interest rates. And I know you want to talk about that next. So maybe we'll just whip on into that one. Yeah. Okay. Well, so here's another one we're going to cover. So, when um, I think it's the Australian Banking Association have put out a bunch of ad campaigns uh, that are going across print media, news media, um, radio and TV and social media to get the word out to people that if you are in a position where you're financially struggling, whether that's to make credit card repayments, home loan repayments, et cetera, getting on the front foot and contacting the lender from who you got that money from as quickly as possible is is like the best option that exists. So I figured like uh, some of the suggestions from the ABA, which we tend to, you know, repeat to other people too. We say this to people that we work with or just friends or family that might come to us saying that they're suffering a bit of stress with their repayments for debt. Um, contact your lender and get ahead of it. Uh, lower your home loan or credit card repayments or look at restructuring those payments if if that's an option for you. But I guess the the main point to, to drive home is get in contact with them rather than putting your head in the sand about the problems you might be uh, falling into with with your debt or your, your spending. Maybe it's Afterpay, maybe it's ZipPay, any of those things. Uh, you can also avoid getting those put on your credit score, which can affect your ability to get finance for other things down the line, uh, just based on letting yeah. the letting the lender know ahead of time, hey, I'm not going to be able to pay this on time. What can what options are there? Maybe you can be put on a payment plan. Like th- this is something that I'm thinking about uh, in the future too. Is um, sometimes I, I, I assume that a few other people like myself might be getting their quarterly electricity bill coming up. Um, and even though it's, uh, the quarterly bill tends to be more expensive because it's, it's, it's four months rather than, oh, sorry, three months rather than a month in, uh, at a time. There's options that exist on the the energy bill they've given me that say at the bottom, if this is, if you're struggling to make your bill repayments, give us a call and we'll figure out a payment plan. So they're not, they don't want you to have to default on a on a bill that affects your your credit score. So get in yeah. front of it, stay ahead. Um ASICs found that in the year to August 2023, compared to August 2022, there's been a 28% increase in calls to the National De- Debt Helpline regarding people in 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 stress due to mortgage repayments becoming too much. Or, or debt payments from credit cards and such. So just don't bury your head in the sand. Stay on the front foot and get ahead of it. Call up your lender and just let them know what's going on. So I wondered your thoughts on what you'd say for those people. Yeah, long overdue. Long overdue. Like I thought the bank should have done this a while back. And I think if you go back to an episode probably about six months ago, we talked about how there was a great opportunity for one of the big four banks to do a TV campaign to basically say, you know, we're we're here to help you. 
So, you know, six months down the track, the ABA has got its act together, which is good because there are things you can do if you're struggling to pay your mortgage. You know, the last thing the bank wants to do is to sell your house from under you, especially if it's a house you're living with your family. Um, you know, they would much rather, you know, help you out for a little while so long as you're not going to sort of um, kick the tin down the road. And, you know, if you, if if it, you, like spending's out of control and, you, and you know, you, you're never going to be able to make your repayments, well, you're better off selling anyway But because um, you just, you know, when, when, when you're in a hole, the best way to get out is to stop digging. So, um, you know, but if you are, um, yeah, you can restructure the loan to um, increase the repayment terms, which, you know, will reduce your required repayments until you get back on your feet. You can go interest only. You can request a payment pause. Uh, yeah, and as I said, Damo, there's, there's been a big increase to cause the National Debt Helpline, which is not surprising. Mm. You know, we've come out of a period where we just threw money at people and, um, you know, that's slowly running out and, um, you know, inflation's not going down. So, no. um, yeah. Yeah, it's a weird one, eh? Uh, last one from me, yep. Dave Gow. He's from a newsletter called Strong Money Australia. I think he retired from from the workforce in his mid thirties, based on you know following the fire method of financial independence, retire early. Um, and he sort of wrote a little thing about uh, the effect of different choices and how they will affect how long it's going to take for you to reach financial independence if that is something you want to do. So I wanted to quote from one of his articles that I was reading earlier this week. Um, and obviously it's all about the choices that affect your financial situation in the long term. And he says this way, the secret to retiring early is starting as early as possible on that journey of budgeting well and investing as soon as you can and being frugal with the money you earn. He said, if I had kids, it would have taken longer. If I lived in Sydney, it would have taken longer. If I had to own a house, it would have taken longer. If I started with consumer credit, vehicle or education debt to pay off, it would have taken longer. If I wanted to travel overseas every year or wanted to eat out every week, it would have taken longer. If I wanted a new car, it would have taken longer. If I needed to own the latest gadgets, had the expensive hobbies, if I didn't want to work more hours, and if I wanted to save tax by utilizing paying more into super, it all would have taken longer. Uh, and it's all about the choices you make now that are going to affect, I guess, things that, that go on down the line for you and your outcomes. Um, and I just found that really concise. Like it is about what happens to you as a result of your own choices in most most occasions. So, you know, if you're in a job you don't like, it's your choice to stay there or leave. Um, if you're in, you know, if your spending's out of control, it's up to you. Um, you know, the sort of car you purchase, you know, whether you buy a five grand car and just, you know, drive it to its ability or whether you get a car loan or, or salary sacrifice your car or whatever, it's all about the choices you make. And, um, you know, we've talked about taking responsibility and accountability for that. And, um, you know, being proactive and, you know, don't, you can't blame the government, you can't blame your parents, you can't blame everyone else. It's your responsibility. So, and it, it'll, it'll come around quicker than you know, because when you get to my age, um, you know, there's plenty of people I know who've made good financial decisions and they're reaping the benefits of that now. And there's plenty of people I know that haven't. And, um, yeah, you know, you can blame everyone for your problems, but 
you can you can solve a lot of them by just looking in the mirror. That's for sure. Yeah. One one thing I thought about recently, like obviously we took a week off. Um, I had to have uh, stomach surgery, so I, I was out of action for a little bit. And during the time I was in hospital, staying overnight, my first real goal was trying to get up and walk around a little bit through the hospital because there was all this gas stuck in the the body cavity that had to be dispersed, which is basically walking around until you fart it out in no uncertain terms, as well as Mm -hmm. being able to stay on top of drinking a certain amount of water every day. And that was literally the only goals I had for the time I was in the hospital that the nurses gave me so I could get discharged when I wanted to because I didn't want to spend any more time than I had to in hospital. I think I get that from you, Dad, but... Um, what I, yes, what I sort of realized was even in that space where I didn't feel like I had a lot of control over anything, uh, even just being able to go to the toilet on my own was gone for me for a couple of days. And I got a taste of that. Uh, the way to sort of get through it is to focus on the things you can control while, rather than the things that uh, are only going to bum you out about your situation. Cause there was a fair amount of things that I could have con- uh, focused on that would have just bummed me out. And for the first few hours yeah. of being in hospital, that is all I thought about. But it got easier by focusing on the things that I could actually do to improve my my situation. Um, and it's the same with if you're trying to get through any economic pain that's going on in your life. If you've got credit card debt, you have to try and address it. And if you don't want to address it, that's fine, but you're not going to change your situation if that's the case. So you've got to focus on what you can control each each day and 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 just try to make small little strides that way yeah we've talked about this a lot about change what you can change control what you can control and adapt to what you can't um the world ain't going to change for you um that's just the way it is whether whether you like it or not um you got to be proactive you got to take responsibility um i can't really say much more than that but Try not to worry about the stuff that's, um, you know, there's, you turn on the telly and there's bad news everywhere. There's stuff around, you know, war, wars in, in the Middle East and, you know, earthquakes here and, you know, floods there and that sort of stuff. And, you know, there's not a lot we can do about that. But, you know, there is a lot you can do about making your own life a bit a bit better and less stressful. So Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Well, um, there are a couple of things you wanted to cover about inflation, right? Did you want to talk through those? I was going to talk uh, with, with inflation. We've sort of probably done that a bit, and yeah, we're going to see what happens tomorrow. You know, this is we're recording this on Monday, the sixth of November, and tomorrow the RBA meets, and you know, there's a bit of stuff around about um, you know when the inflation figures came out for I think the September quarter um, last week or the week before last, um, they're a bit higher than expected, and a lot of the economists are saying. They think the RBA should be putting up rates this week, Melbourne Cup Day. Um, Jim Chalmers, the treasurer, got in there and said that he didn't think they should because there wasn't a material increase. So there's a bit of stuff around whether the the government's trying to influence the RBA and that sort of thing. There is there is a bit of a push. The the International Monetary Fund were here last week or the week before doing a visit, and they basically came out and said that the RBA should be putting up interest rates and government should be reducing their infrastructure spend to take the pressure off supply of you know, raw materials for building and trades and all that sort of stuff. So voila, 
Um, the, today, all the news has been about from the Treasurer and the Infrastructure Minister about um, how they need to pull back infrastructure. I don't know how they couldn't have worked that out themselves before the IMF turned up, but there you go. So who knows what will happen tomorrow? I've got a feeling the RBA will put up rates, but yeah, we'll just we'll just see what happens. There was a couple of things I just thought. You know, we've talked a bit about if you're a first home buyer, your first home does not have to be the place you live in, and you can rent vest. Um, you can do it with zero deposit if your parents or a richer sibling, um, in, and in some cases aunt or uncle, um, is willing to you let you use their property as security or co-security or gift you uh, money for a deposit. Um, and, yeah, there's uh, Terry Ryder's mob hot spotting who, um, you know, readers probably would, um, sorry, listeners would probably know a bit about, did some analysis of um, affordable houses uh, that are still out there for under 500K and some of the areas where um, where you can get in. And, you know, we're, we're, we're having clients buy rental properties for high 300s to low 400s. So it, it can be done. Um so, yeah, you know, you don't have to – it's not all doom and gloom. There's there's more than one way to skin a cat. And if you want to get into the property market, you don't have – you know, the first place you buy doesn't have to be, you know, the, your forever home or the house you're, that you're actually going to live in. You know, you can be living in Bondi and, and buying Bundaberg. You know, there's there's no problem with that. So um, that, that was interesting. Um, there's been a bit of news around about um, ComBank and how it's losing market share, and they've come out with a um, 5% deposit loan for investors, which is um, a bit rare. You know, normally some of the bigger banks don't like doing that, as long as it's principal and interest, which, you know, sometimes doesn't really suit investors, especially if you've got other debt that you can't claim a tax deduction on on, but you know that you need you need financial and accounting advice on that and tax advice. Don't don't sort of listen to us. But um you know, I, I imagine what they're seeing a lot of the banks is that rental property, sorry, in um rents are just going skyward all the time and are unlikely to come down anytime soon. So investors are a pretty good risk. And you know, if an investor has to sell a property um, it's a lot different. It's easier for the bank to do because you're not kicking someone out of their house. But um, yeah, so that was um, that that was interesting. Yeah, Com Com Bank have sort of um, probably overplayed their hand a bit. I think um, you know they're not as um, cost competitive as they used to be, and um, yeah, they they've relied on their brand a lot to get them through, and and also a lot of brokers, a lot of a lot of people who were who've been in the broking industry a long time um, do a lot of combat loans. And as those brokers leave the industry because they're retiring, um, they're taking you know, that market shares going with them. Yeah, One of the other things I was going to mention, Damo, is about um, there's this plan to pay employee employees who work from home less than employees that go to the office. And I just, I, I just found this really interesting because um, they're ba basically – all along, employers have been saying we need to pay people based on results and that if you've got someone, if you've got three people working for you and one achieves a lot and one achieves a bit and one achieves nothing, they you should be able to pay them different amounts because their output's different and they're more, you know, one's more productive. But now they've turned around and saying that people, apparently 13% of employers think that people that work from home should get paid less because they have less costs. So 
They don't have the cost of running the car to the station or running the car to town or, um, you know, public transport or whatever it is or, you know, however, however they get to work. And they have more benefits from doing that. But I just thought it was sort of a bit of a um, contradiction from the employer groups to want to pay less to people based on how much the cost it costs an employee as opposed to how productive they are. So, yeah. um, and it just said, um, yeah, 47% expect remote work to become an earned privilege, not just be available to everybody. Um, 45% of employers have plans to differentiate pay depending upon whether you work in the office as opposed to whether you work from home. So that's, um, yeah, if, you, if you're working working from home, that's good. You know, a, bit, a bit more work-life balance and um, you, know, you can get involved in more things, especially with your kids and dropping them off and picking them up and, and doing stuff. And, you know, so long as you – I would have thought so long as you're as productive as if you're in the office, well, yeah, knock yourself out. What did you think about that one, Damo? Do you have any thoughts? Oh, um, hmm. I'm not sure they're the most well-fleshed-out opinions of it yet, but – if you're a business, if you're on a pretty pretty sizable rental uh, uh, commercial lease to like rent out a, a level on a building for your employees who aren't returning to the office after COVID, I can understand if you're if you run a business, you obviously want to see that the cost you're incurring to uh, you know have a space is being used. I can understand it from that perspective, but at the same time, like because your employee isn't spending as much money now, you have you can pay them less. Yeah, it seems a bit odd. Yeah, it just it sounds yeah. like you probably just and again this can't like we get a bit of our news from the Australian Fin Review, which is not known to be a pro worker, pro union newspaper, so. Take it, you know what I mean? Take it with a grain of salt. Of course, a business is going to try to pay people less at any point they can. And at the same time, any employee, mm. the job of an employee is to do as minimal work as you can for the most amount of money. Like that's that's sort of the way that it's supposed to be. Employers are supposed to pay, they're trying to pay you the least amount they can get away with to get to squeeze the most juice out of the lemon. So I don't know. It's a weird one for yeah. sure, but I, I can I can see where they're coming from for sure. If you've got a if you're renting a, a building out and half of it's bloody empty, I would understand why you're a bit pissed off that your employers aren't uh employers, employees, sorry, are not coming back to work. I get where they're coming from. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, really I understand how it's that, going to change anything. Yeah, that I, I imagine what will happen, and we talked about this oh, probably a month or so ago, where we looked at um, you know, what might happen to people's superannuation returns with work from home because a lot of buildings are owned by big super funds and the value of those buildings is based on the rents that they get. And if the rents go down because there's more floors available, which means there's more supply, which means, you know, you know, people will move premises to get lower rents. Um, that will then, you know, flow through to superannuation returns. So there's a, there's, a, yeah, there's a lot of things going to happen. But I just thought it was a bit weird that, you know, business that's traditionally said, you know, we should be able to pay people differently based on their productivity. You know, if you've got someone working from home and they're very productive and achieving, you know, achieving their object, your, you know, the employer's objectives, and then you've got someone who's in the office doing doing sod all. Why should the person from home get paid less? It just seems a bit weird. But anyway, um, the last thing I was going to mention, and this sort of comes through um, 
about your credit score and you know we when we talk to people about um you know who who want to apply for finance the first thing we do after we've had an initial chat to sort of work out that it's the right time and in their best interest to apply for a loan now um, is get them to get a copy of their credit report. And, you know, you can get that for free through Equifaction, mycreditfile.com.au, and it, it's pretty, you know, it usually takes like a day or two to come through. Now, if, if your credit score is 35, and if it's excellent, it's above 853, and generally, generally what happens is um, banks want to see that your credit score is at least good. Um, if it's average, you can still get a loan, but you might pay a higher interest rate. Um, if it's below average, you probably need to go away and do a bit of work. So some of the things that you can do to improve your credit score, um, there's, there's five things they mention that you need to do and five things that they say you shouldn't do. So you know, pay all your bills on time. Uh, don't apply for too much credit. Um, have low credit balances pay off any outstanding payments and just have a history of paying off credit on time. They're the, they're the sort of five thumbs ups for Equifax. And the other the other ones are the things that reduce your credit score are late or missed payments, multiple applications in a short period of time, high credit balances, defaults or no or new credit history. Um, we, you know, we've got a few people who have no credit history because they've never actually... Yeah, they might have. They they may not have even ever had a phone plan, and yeah, there was no wives tale about people saying, "Oh, should I get a credit card so I can get a credit score?" You don't really need to. Um, yeah, there's plenty of people around that don't have actual an Equifax report because there's nothing. There's no. They've had no credit to report on. So um, yeah, basically yeah, just don't rack up too much credit inquiries are just as bad. Sometimes if you inquire with a couple of different places. Yeah, that can impact your credit score. Things like afterpay and zip pay can impact your credit score. Late payments, especially. Now, if you if you're late paying a credit card all the time and it's only a couple hundred bucks, why is the bank going to lend you half a million dollars if you can't get 200, 200 bucks sorted? So just have a think about that. And um, yeah, one of the things you can do every every couple of months, I think it's every three months, Equifax will give you a credit report for free. And there are um, places you can sign up to where they um, send you like your credit score every month and alert you to um, any shenanigans going on from um, unscrupulous um, people around the place. So anyway, um, if you need help with any of that, yeah, let us know because we've got some people that we work with Victoria Costa from Credit Fix Solutions is a friend of the show and um, her guys can um, you know, easily have a look at your credit reports and um, and work out what, um, you know, what some options are. Listen, if you're one of the 70% of the people that listen to this podcast on Spotify, I'm judging that you have a Spotify account. That means you can give us a five-star review and then Spotify takes that review of five stars and shares the, the podcast with people with similar interests to you around the same age bracket as you, which means more people listen to the show, which is ultimately what we would love to be able to achieve. We get all right numbers as it is, and we're super happy of how far the podcast has been able to go. But if you can help us build it, we would really appreciate that. And if you ever tell me that you do it and it's in person, I'll give you a hug and a crisp high five. Otherwise, go to moneysaverhomeloans.com.au if you have any questions with uh, to us, if we can help you with anything you've got going on in terms of 
uh, mortgages, home loans, how to get out of debt, rah, 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 rah. Let us know and we'll try and help. Go to moneysaverhomeloans.com.au and you'll find out all the ways to get in touch with us. And that's it. So have a good week. Uh, We'll talk to you next time. And that's it.